0: No, yeah. not done let's um, let's just uh, talk a little. You know, Hanukkah. Come on in. Interesting is That's that great. most of the celebration of Hanukkah is actually not a party. Um, you know, like say Passover for example. So we have a seder, we have a meal. Uh, even a Purim, you know, which is a rabbinic. There is the rabbinic festivals, and then there is the festivals which is in the Torah. So, the three holidays, Sukkot, Shugot, and Pesach, it's all revolves around meals. Uh, you know, Shabbat revolves around the meal. Even Purim, which is the rabbinic, is also revolves around a meal. But the holiday of Hanukkah... Well, we make a lot of parties, yes, but essentially the mitzvah is the lighting of the menorah, the lighting of the lights. And there's a reason for that. Uh, The reason for that is because in most of the uh, times when we celebrate, like the exodus of Egypt, for example, or Purim, it was mainly a physical Situation that we faced um, during uh, Pharaoh's slavery, the Jewish physical life was in danger. I mean, the Jewish people, unfortunately, had terrible experiences. Our history is full with very sad incidences where anti-Semites of all kinds and colors, of all stripes, have wanted to do us harm, but. In a lot of these cases, in most of these cases, it was a physical danger for the Jewish people. But in Hanukkah, the main problem was a spiritual problem, which means the Jewish people still had the temple. We had the temple. It was the time of the second temple. Uh, so we were in the land. People were in, in, in Israel. We were in, in in, 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 in uh, to a certain extent, the sovereign nation to a certain weren't fully sovereign but they were uh, uh, we wore our own destiny we decided our own destiny and the Jewish people had a, a uh, leaders and they had um, basically a certain level of autonomy over there in Israel so physically it wasn't so bad but it was actually a spiritual war It was a spiritual war, because the Greek and their main goal, the people of the time, was to assimilate and to get the Jewish people to become like the rest of their society, not to be different and not to observe the Torah. If you see, like in the like you see in the prayer that we say, when we say, thank God for the miracles, so over there, in the prayer that we say, it says what they wanted to do is, Lashkicham they wanted to make us forget the Torah. And they wanted to remove us from the laws. They, they didn't want the Jewish people to be practicing their religion. So it's really, therefore, it expresses itself in light, not so much in a physical. A meal is something which is physical, your body enjoys. But light is considered more a spiritual. The light of the menorah is actually supposed to give us a spiritual energy, uh, supposed to give us light, supposed to give us motivation to sort of hang in there spiritually, to continue our tradition. And to look at the menorah in a way, like we are part of one menorah. Matter of fact, like this, when you read, you see, when the Jewish people first went down to Egypt, it says there were 70 people. It was Jacob with his children and his grandchildren. There were 70. When they came out of Egypt, they were 600,000. That's 600,000. 70 to 600,000. They started with 70 and they went over 600,000. The general number of Jews are considered to be 600,000 Jews. Those were the number. If you look at the Torah in various different places, the number comes out to 600,000. Is that just the men, though? That is the men. That's correct, six hundred thousand. But the men are in this case are counted as a unit, families basically. So it's going to be the men. In certain times, the men are counted individually, and sometimes they're counted as families. So in this case, it's a lot more than six hundred thousand. It's about two million people. Yeah, yeah. and about about seventy. It's also men. The 70s also the men mm-hmm. counted. Them. No, actually, no, that's oh. not true. Uh, all, men, all, and okay. men and women. There is men and women. But at the end, they count the 600,000. But actually, the word, what is the Hebrew word for Jew? What do we call? Yoguj. And what's another word? Yed. Yeah, but in the, in the Hebrew? Yodin. Oh, Yodin. Yisrael. Yisrael. I'm Yisrael. I'm Yisrael. Israel. I'm Yisrael. Israel. The word Yisrael also says yesh. Shishim ribui that there's six hundred thousand letters in the Sefer Torah because every Jew has a letter in the Torah. The number doesn't exactly fit, but that's the, the saying. Is that the point over here is it went from seventy to six hundred thousand. Now, as it says, there are basically six hundred thousand souls of Jews. Six hundred thousand souls, included men and women together. But there's six hundred thousand, these six hundred thousand. Each one is split into another 600,000. So it's really 600,000 times 600,000. Mm-hmm. And then it gets splintered fully. So our souls, for example, there's a lot more than 600,000 Jewish souls out there now, right? So these are splinters of splinters of splinters, but they all go back to the 600,000. They go back to the 70, and the 70 go back to 70. Those are the seven branches of the menorah, of the candelabra that was in the temple, because what we're celebrating basically is the lighting. We have eight branches because that's because we have eight days. That's why we have eight branches, but because we celebrate for eight days. But the menorah itself, the candelabra itself, had uh, seven branches. So the seven branches represents uh, the structure of the Jewish people, the seven became 70, the 70 became 600,000, and um, the idea of the menorah was, what was the idea of the menorah in the temple, was to light up those branches and light up this light so that our souls should sort of go on fire, so that we should sort of uh, love God, we should the, the whole idea for a human being uh, living in this world, and basically dealing with materials, things all around, with, with all the obligations, with all the stresses, and with all the deadlines, and with all the things that you're you're just almost don't have time for the things that are sometimes important in life. You know, you don't have time, or you don't have time for. Sometimes for family, you don't have time for your religion. You don't have time for, uh, you know, uh, for yourself. You know, for everything. You know, you are basically inundated. With. So, mm-hmm. how do you sort of
1: uh, pull
0: yourself out? Pull yourself out, and how do you? Uh, that was the lighting of the menorah that took place. The, the lighting of the menorah was sort of a boost. It gave you like a push, you know, on a spiritual level. Light of your menorah. It's seven branches. And the interesting thing is, you know, it's a very interesting uh, idea. The The menorah, when it was created, when God said, the menorah was created different than all other. The menorah was created out of gold. But the way it was created, it was one piece of gold. And then they stretched it out, sort of, and they made the branches. But they didn't soldered it together. They didn't take branches and put it together. Why, why was it made so difficult? I mean, well, it would s- seem a lot simpler to just take the different branches and, um, and sort of put it together. Why, why was Hashem insisting that they make it all out of one? So they started off with a bowl of uh, kikar zohav, with a certain amount of gold, and they had to shape it into the different branches. The idea is that while we are different, we have different sparks, we talk about seven, we talk about 70, or even 600,000, or even 600,000 times 600,000. But we really come from the same piece. It's not a different piece. We really, It's really one and the same. It's just stretched out in various different directions, but it's really... I told once over, a, um, you know, it says that when Jacob was uh, on his way to Le- Lebanon and the Chumash when it was in the story there, it says that he wanted to lie down and, um, and he was looking for a, uh, a stone to put under his head, to raise his head a little bit. So the Midrash says that there was a uh, an argument between the various different stones. Each one said, I would like this great, righteous, holy man to put his head on me. And the, the stones were fighting with each other. Mm-hmm. God made a miracle. And all the stones attached, became one stone. No more fights, we are all together. Mm-hmm. So the rabbi asked the question. He says, but hey, we still didn't solve the problem. Because... Inevitably, the, the, the tzaddik, the rabbi, can only put his head on one spot on the stone. So each spot of the stone is still going to say, hey, I want the tzaddik to put his head on me. And the answer is, if it's one stone, then wherever he puts his head, he puts on everybody. It's not separate. If you are one, then it doesn't make a difference. Then we're not different. We're not different. We're not, we're not, when you're different stones, you're separate, then it's me or you. And the same thing is true, as the Rebbe says in the Tanya, in chapter 32, that if we can reach in deeper in ourselves to a spot in which we are not separate from each other, and we're actually one and the same. Can I... I, Sure. um, So I was reading a little bit of Rabbi and he wrote his own theory of Shammai, And Shemai had the lighting of going from eight down to one. And and Rabbi Cook understood it as because we're so fragmented as Jews and so forth, that he came up with the idea of, you know, in addition to that as you go down, it would be, you know, fewer and fewer divisions between Jews and then becoming Yikar, you know. Very interesting thought. I think, I mean, again, I'm not here a child of the group, but I think that unity means we can be eight and we're still in the same menorah. If, in other words, if we're really only one, if we all do the same thing, and and we're all really one in, 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 in our expression, so we all come down to one candle, then you don't sense that level of unity because there is no different pieces over here. There's just one piece. Alone. You're alone. But the idea is, I think, that's why maybe the rule is like Peshillah, to have eight different lights, and yet we're all shining together. We all make up one mitzvah. We all light the menorah. So we're all doing it together. So while we look different, than each other, while we think differently, we respect, each other we respect each other, and we have different world experiences, each one of us, and yet we can leave our own selfish and personal, our egos at the side, and we can all say, you know what, me and you and you and you are all going to be in the same menorah. So sometimes the number seven, and I think that's the idea, so why did God not say, Okay, make it one ball, make it one light, no. There's seven branches, because there is inevitable, there is variety, there is difference. Just like the seven notes that you have, you know, there's different notes. If you're gonna have a, a beautiful uh, orchestra, you're gonna have, you need to have all the various different kinds of notes and musics. To together you have a symphony, and together you have, so these all different kinds of players but if you had each one playing their own thing, or you only had one note, you, one note, or you only had one instrument, mm-hmm. so then it wouldn't be so beautiful. You know, I used to say this, that you know, when somebody um, is talking, and the other one is uh, also talking at the same time, mm-hmm. that's called interference. <laughs> but when somebody is singing, and then everybody else joins in song. That's called harmony. Uh, that's called harmony. Then you're actually, then you're not, uh, you're not interfering because we're all in it together. We're not doing things separately. So I think that sometimes unity is better expressed in the differences being respected and mm-hmm. people can unite uh, to, for one goal. But in any event, Uh, One of the ideas the Alter Rebbe brings down in the Torah, or talking about Hanukkah, about lighting the Menorah, about giving that spirituality. He says that,
1: you know, a lot of
0: times there's a lot of things we don't understand. There's, like, we don't know God's wisdom is beyond anything we can comprehend. So, like, we don't know... Why God wants us to do a mitzvah, why God chose these things, we will never figure that out because in order to, we got to be God to know why God wants god's wisdom is not something that we can figure out, but yet, in God's great kindness, God has shared with the human beings the various different laws that we study and we and we're sitting here today trying to figure out coming up with certain ideas about the menorah and about the lights and so we have a little bit of of an insight that we can enjoy and we can appreciate. When we understand something, that's like there's light here now, there's clarity, there is there's vision, we can see things. When you don't know things, then you're like in the dark. Mm-hmm. And really the oil and the flame can actually be compared, you know, it says ner mitzvah v'torah or the mitzvah is like the lamp and the Torah is like the light so what do we say, what is the lamp? the lamp is basically the oil the, the one that holds the lamp is the oil that holds the oil now oil itself actually doesn't burn if actually if you're gonna put a flame, into the oil, it's going to extinguish the oil, the oil is going to be extinguished. It's only when you have a wick, and you have a little bit of the oil going to the, it fuels that flame a little bit at a time, for as long as there is that oil to keep that flame burning. And when the oil is gone, then the flame is gone. In a way, the same way the Alt-Rebbe says, is the mitzvah with the Torah. The mitzvah is like the oil, in other words it doesn't burn in itself, we don't understand it, it's high, it's, it's, it's much higher, but from that mitzvah, from the mitzvah, comes out a little bit of light because when we discuss, you know, the reasons for the mitzvah and the inside of the mitzvah and the various technical details of the mitzvah and the, the give and take and all these, there is a lot of sforim and a lot of insight a lot of beautiful things, that's the light, that's the Torah or. So you have the oil of the mitzvah, which is just the mitzvah itself, but that mitzvah fuels, that gives light to the, gives light to the Torah, to the insight, to the learning, to all the study that we have. But he says, the menorah was lit, at least according to the Rambam, there's two different opinions, how many times a day the menorah was lit? Was it lit once a day in just the evening? Or also in the daytime twice. Uh, twice, in twice a day the Rambam says it was done twice a day um, daylight represents a time when a person has clarity so in our lives it's also sometimes you know we're in a good mood sometimes we are uh, ready to take on the world you know we get up and we're strong and we feel good that's you know that's sort of the daytime. Even during the daytime, the verse says, In other words, you still gotta make those lamps, your own lamp, that love that you have for God. You have to do something for it, even though it's daytime, but still, because we're mortal human beings, we're involved with daily activities, you have to make good your lamp. We have to fix, in other words god will help light your candle help you and ignite you but you gotta make a little contribution yourself you gotta make yourself good but it's that's easier because you're in a good mood you're positive you're uh energetic what yeah you're energetic you know you're motivated you know you're you're good but then it comes a time when it's made in it's in the evening, it's nighttime, it's dark. Darkness that represents, you know, maybe you have a bad day. <laughs> You're in a bad mood and you know things didn't go the way you would like to. You had uh, a hard day at home, maybe with your boss at work or maybe with the kids or maybe, you know, various different things that causes and we are we are down. So that's the evening with us. So we need a little bit of a help. We need somebody to sort of cheer us up, give us a little chizuk, give us strength, give us a little courage, give us a little... Uh, change our mood. And that's, it says, aren So aren in The Torah, the word uses, when Aaron raised up the nearest. Aaron is considered a servant of Hashem who was sort of helps the, uh, the people, gives them that courage. You know, every gen- we don't have a Beit HaMikdash today, we don't have a, a menorah in the temple, we don't have all those things. But the spiritual parts of it we do have, which means um, sometimes we feel good and we feel like we want to love Hashem. Uh, and uh, sometimes we have a hard time loving Hashem. Sometimes it's dark and we don't, we have a hard time, and um, so then we need the aron to uh, sort of lift us up. And in our generation, uh, our aron is the Labavitcher Rebbe, who put on a good video or a good encouraging words, and you hear the positive only. You get the positive energy and you get the real good outlook. Or you read the Rebbe's letters and you hear and you see that, you know, here you have Aaron who's not tainted and he can raise your mood. He can sort of elevate you. He can give you a little bit of, uh, of strength that you're looking so that it lights up your own menorah. You become passionate about your Yiddishkeit. You become... You love Hashem. And, um, and your menorah starts to burn and shine. So, together with everybody else's. And... Uh, and together every candle that we light we've said many times that one of the qualities of light is you don't fight with the, with the adversary you not have to battle light you bring in light the darkness disappears <laughs> it just goes away it's easy, you don't have to sort of struggle, you don't have to fight with the darkness, you just gotta light it up and you gotta bring in you know, that's something which is important to realize. The Alter Rebbe says that that, you know, the, the side of good, the good that we all possess, is much stronger and has much more po- is much more potent, potent than the uh, than the negative side in us. You know, we and only thing is when it's not easy always. It's not, We need God's help. That's why we have the Arons and Cohens. We have the uh, agents that Hashem sends in every generation, people, to encourage us, to push us, to give us strength, and they light up our menorahs, and then we, we become closer to Hashem. But, support the river, while one branch, other branch, we all are part of that same menorah. We're all same menorah, we all contribute, we all do. and. The law is like Bishilo, which means we always increase a little bit more. We never stay. That's the reason why the law remains like Hilo. Because we never stay at the same place. Oh. We always make sure to go up a little bit higher. That's why the law is like Bishilo, not like my Bishilo. Because we should never be satisfied with our accomplishment from the day before. If the day before we did one, we're going to do two. got to always keep on growing in our spiritual level. And uh, sometimes somebody equated it, you know, it's like climbing a mountain. Climbing a mountain. (laughs) If you don't keep on going higher, then inevitably you'll fall. (laughs) You're going to go lower. So you got to always, never look down, always look up. I'll tell you a story about the Holy Tzadikah. And then we'll go to light the menorah. She says, I'm out of time. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, oh, I said you're increasing more and more. You're going from learning Torah to actually lighting the menorah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, remember um, Primashalan, he was a known great uh, righteous tzaddik, a holy man. Yes. And um, he had a custom, like many uh, very pious people. They used the mikvah every day before they go to uh, pray. They immerse themselves in a body of water. And the mikvah, the was on top of the hill. And he would go every day up to the mikvah. And um, when the winter came, and the uh, roads, the path became full of snow and ice, Ordinary people couldn't make it up there. They would fall. They would slip and fall. <laughs> Miraculously, Remeir he would go up to the mikvah every day. It never fell. And the word has gone out in a whole community all over. This great tzaddik, the great righteous man, he rabbi, he could walk up and never falls. <laughs> and there was, you know, of course, the skeptics, and they said, "Man, nah, this is not true." And this. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. If he can do, we can do it too. So they went and attempted, you know, for a strong, big guys. They said they started. They went. Which, <laughs> by the way, reminds me of another story. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> my, reminds me of another story. One year, it was about Uh-oh. the huge bad time. It was in in Crown Heights. As I was growing up, as a youngster, it was like a sheet of ice. You know, sometimes you get up in the morning, it was a sheet of ice. You couldn't walk without oh slipping now. Now the Rebbe lived on President Street. He had a couple of blocks, you know, it would be mm-hmm. like a quite a walk to get that walk. It'd be a, a ten minute brisk. The Rebbe would walk, very brisk, you know, the, a ten minute walk from Rebbe's house to seven seventy. The guys got up in the morning, they saw that uh and what it was like is everybody was concerned that the Rebbe shouldn't fall and uh, so they uh, they send these two strong guys to walk, and they're walking <laughs> alongside the rabbit just in case. So you know that they, you okay. know, and uh, <laughs> as it turned out, the two of them fell and the had to hold yeah. them. <laughs> 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 and they were there to protect the rabbit, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it was. You know, it's, it says about the Arun, the Ark. You know, the, the Kohanim, they they carried the Ark on their shoulders. So it says actually, it's noisez, Noisav. it would carry those who carried it. So it actually, they didn't let them carry, they were being carried by the Ark. But anyways, back to the story. So this Rabbi, so they fell and they slipped and they hurt themselves. Okay. So then they came to the Rabbi and they said, Rabbi, you know, apologize, you know, we didn't believe, we see but tell us, how do you do it, how do you, it's impossible to walk up there around slipping. He says, you know what, he says, I have a rope that goes up to the top. He says, when somebody holds you from the top, you don't fall on the bottom. Is that in Yiddish, he says, When they hold you from the top, you don't fall on the bottom. Basically, you know, there is not, you're held from the, so, this is the, I forget how I came into the story over here, but in any in any event, Hanukkah is always a good time to uh, tell the story. It's actually brought down that the Rebbe's, you know, mostly they were with the Hasidim, but it says that on, on Hanukkah, they would make, a, they call it a latkes event. They would make an evening where they would serve latkes, and they would tell stories. And, but they said, you know, some of the stories they would say, they would tell them over every year. And, <laughs> Uh, my father, may he rest in peace. So he had, you know, several stories that he would say, so, and some of the kids would say, Ta, we heard the story last year. <laughs> so my father told us that there is a safer it says from Reb Yudah Khosid, it says, but if somebody repeats the story, you're not allowed to tell them. <laughs> no, uh, you You have to pretend like you never heard the story. Just, to, just, I guess, to make them feel good. <laughs> you, know? you were telling the story about the mountain. Yeah. That the more you go up, oh. you can't look down and you can't oh, stop. You can't look pool. down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you go, when I was in this case, when they hold you from the top, then you don't fall on the bottom, or Even if you, know, you believe really, you're being so held. held. Well, yeah. yeah. That's the you're being no, Actually... You're being held. only question is, you gotta hold on to that rope. Somebody gives you a rope. And you just gotta, you gotta find it in you to hold on to the rope. And, and then okay, we'll go do Hanukkah.